Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. First off, thank you so much for checking out this episode and making your way over to this series. Uh, Hopefully you like what you hear enough to hit that subscribe button. We put out three new interviews every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can find us at all the major spots. That includes iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, and YouTube. And I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking with the one and only Mick Fleetwood. The Fleetwood Mac drummer has uh, has re-recorded a song from the band's 1995 album Time, uh, a spoken word thing that he, in fact, uh, does the lead uh, vocals on called These Strange Times. Uh, now, of course, just knowing that title right there, you can probably expect uh, why he's decided to re-record it now. But we're going to talk about that, as well as sorting through the information that we're all receiving and how that works its way into the song. Uh, we'll talk about 1995's Time and the importance of the changing lineups. That was one of the most different lineups uh, th- that the band has even seen even to this day. One that, even though it was in the 90s, did not include uh, Stevie Nicks or Lindsey Buckingham. 
But it's also a time that proves just how fluid this band is, and that's definitely a subject we're going to be tackling in this interview. And then we'll turn the clocks way back. Uh, Mick's been talking a lot this year about those pre-Buckingham Knicks days, uh, especially with a new box set. We're going to hear about what makes that era special, and specifically the album Then Play On, uh, how it was a turning point, especially uh, for the band not being just a blues band anymore but also showcasing really, uh, you know, everything that was great about Peter Green, who helped found the band. After that, we'll bring it into present day with a lineup that now includes Mike Campbell and Neil Finn. And we're going to hear about uh, Mick Fleetwood's hopes for the future. Uh, Will there be new music? It sounds like it's quite the possibility. Also of note, by the way, this was recorded uh, over two different sessions. So if you hear a little a little difference in the audio, that's what's going on here. So let's get into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Mick Fleetwood. Hey, it's Mick Fleetwood. It is a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and and under such uh, interesting circumstances, too, because with everything that's happening this year, you have gone and re-recorded These Strange Times, a song that was originally on a 1995 album called Time. Uh, it's probably an obvious question, but what prompted this? It, it sort of is an obvious question, but it's a very appropriate one and, and a real one. Was that, you know, anyone and everyone has has sort of a, a line in the sand of making a, a lot of questions about what to do and how to do it and how to uh, really get through what is a, a strange time for all of us. And I know that, and we all know that. And out of that came a positive, which was much like, I'm, I'm sure, many people that are, you know, certainly more inclined to be in the, in the creative. And I know that I'm blessed being able to do that. I also know that a lot of people have uh, much more you know, going out and wondering how to get the kids to school and the rest of it. I am mostly blessed that I'm able to, to sit and, and say, what what can we do? How can we do and how can we reconfigure uh, a nice positive outlook on, on everything which we all need to do? So out of that came the idea that in these strange times, these strange times, it seems very appropriate. And I blundered into it just listening to stuff. And I went, this seems like it, it should, that was almost not the right time back in the day to release that, but it's now. So I reworked the whole song with uh, Becca Bramlett, who sang on the original. Um, and she did a whole load of fantastic chanting, and Rick Vito, uh, who's also been in Fleetwood Mac in years gone by. And I worked with uh, a lot in my, my blues band for many, many years. We, we just went in, reproduced it, really with the mind of, of, of having this be, uh, come to life again and, and have some relevance uh, with, with the situation that we're all sitting in. And that's how it happened. And it led to really just an idea, uh, a good thing for folks to remember, that a little little spark of an idea, sometimes don't give up on it, uh, let it, let it flow. And the end result is really not to indoctrinate, not to beat people over the head with sort of uh, too strong of an opinion. But I will say that if you quietly listen to not many words that exist on the track, but it's really all about just taking a breath and wondering what side of the, the line you, you feel. It's not religious, it's not political, it's just really a train of thought and, and a hopeful end result that doors will be left open you know, to receive uh, information that uh, has some relevance to uh, the listener. And whatever that might be is really their private business. Yeah, there, there was a line you said. I mean, it's it's a very powerful song. And hearing you talking about, you know, pay attention to the information coming your way, because that seems to be exactly 
how we are where we are. So uh, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think there was, you know, um, a better time for this uh, this track to be done. And 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 musically, the update on it, it, it's it's so expansive and it's so big. So no, it's not a question, just a big compliment that I'm throwing your way there. <laughs> Uh, well, that that fits really well because, in terms of just you know, looking at oneself, and not to be me, 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 I, me, me, mine conversation here at all, and I mean everyone. It, it, I think it is reflective on how how you're you're handling things, uh, whoever you might be, and, and hearing that uh, makes me <laughs> feel really good because I. I haven't really been in what we would call the forefront. I've been in, in the background, God knows, with uh, the history of Fleetwood Mac and been hugely in, involved. But I've never really done very much on my own. And, and this is sort of interesting for me, and I'm hoping it leads to all sorts of, of Dada-esque uh, things that can be anything you want, really. And so I take that as a, a quiet compliment of encouragement. I, I'd be curious, actually, musically, how you wanted to update it, because it's not like a cover of a, an old song of yours. I mean, it is, but, but there is an update to it. What did you want to accomplish musically with the song? Well, sonically, just being a, a musician, I, you know, getting a, <laughs> sometimes getting a, a second chance to redo something is sort of God's gift to a musician within reason. And that obviously presented itself, and it was done in 1995. And, and I, I just wanted to get involved in doing it, and uh, in truth, I suppose even somewhat selfishly, just wanted to re-express some things that that I had in mind now, uh, in the present tense of the word. And also, Becca Bramlett, who uh, sang on the original, uh, worked so hard uh, with me, like. Doing, redoing vocals and redoing the, a lot of the, the chanting part of, of, of this song, the representation of this song. And we just got in the trenches and one thing led to another. And then I, I've been working with Rick Vito, who both, both Becca and, and Rick at one point were in Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Uh, not many people know that, uh, but it's uh, certainly a, a good mention in this conversation. And I have a, a long, long, long standing uh, musical and friendship personal friendship with Rick Vito, which is actually uh, segued in uh, to do with Peter Green. At, on the end of the song, you'll, you'll hear a little segment of Albatross. Mm. That's me and Rick uh, doing that. And I, I just really wanted to tonally bring it home to, in, in some of the ways that was not represented before, including Becca and, and of course, Rick, who did some incredible guitar work on, on this track. And I readdressed the drums, you know, <laughs> willingly so. <laughs> uh, and you, you're never quite sure, because sometimes when you, you mess with something, this really offered up, and, and it's, it's sometimes really debatable if, if you have... This song was never heard by anyone, really. Uh, it was not on a hugely successful album, uh, The Truth of the Matter. So had this been something that was sort of almost presented itself as untouchable, like why would you know, you redo a song that's just a complete classic that is ingrained. You, you, you as a person, especially someone that's re-singing something, uh, I mean, can you imagine what would be the purpose in, in Stevie doing a studio version of Dreams, for instance? I would say that's highly unlikely. And probably, unless it's completely different and she's doing it 
in a completely different way. You'd leave it alone. Well, that's a song that's incredibly well known. This song was probably not even heard by anybody. Uh, a spoken word, whatever you want to call it. So it it, it offered up a much more uh, comfort level with with going in and, and reconfiguring it. And that's what we did. And and one thing led to another, and now I'm on the phone doing interviews when really this was something I was doing at home initially with Becca, uh, reworking a song because it just seemed so relevant. And it probably, not probably, I don't think it was that relevant, one, to be on an album all those years ago. Secondly, it's it's a sort of odd, ugly duckling to even <laughs> to even be on an album. I had to. I think I remember like having to persuade my fellow band members that the track would go <laughs> would maybe make it on the album. So this is sort of a celebration of what what where we are now, and it's, and it it is to me personally hugely relevant to some of the the emotional feelings that uh, that we're all feeling that these are strange times and. We are all going to get out of it, and we are going to come out of it, hopefully, with a, a presence of mind that, to quote a Fleetwood Mac song, like, world turning. The world is turning, and it's sort of upside down, and at some point, your feet are going to be back on the ground. And within that sort of framework, what is it when your feet are back on the ground that you can actually really take a positive read on this period of time when everyone emotionally... Uh, physically god knows have been challenged and how do you go forward with a presence of mind with some choices to maybe i think that the underlying thing is not an indoctrinating uh political or religious statement at all it's just a pre-thought of what what if we all consider that there's something that you can come out of this period and and address some things that may you, you may have had time to think about how how you go forward uh, in the future. It also does give you know some of us an opportunity to look back on a record that that is that wasn't you know all that successful, wasn't as celebrated. In in when I look at it now, you know when we're talking about that record time where where these strange times originally came from. You know, with Fleetwood Mac, you talk about legendary songs, but there's also that that conversation of the lineup, and this is probably. This is kind of like, to me, maybe the stepchild lineup of, of Fleetwood Mac. But it also proves that this band is absolutely fluid. I mean, do you see it like that? It's, I mean, as long as, I guess, you and, and John are there, everybody else sort of cyclones around you all. Well, it's, it's sort of always a little strange to, to sometimes try and be... Uh, tastefully, graciously objective about talking about yourself, or in this instance, being on. And yeah, we've we've been uh, through thick and thin, so to speak, <laughs> quote an English phrase. Uh, and the whole one one thing I've noticed about talking not only with you but with other people that obviously this is all connected just because I am connected to Fleetwood Mac and 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 what we've done and what we haven't done and what we could have done and what could have been and what was all these things, which are hugely convoluted in terms of, if you put it on a piece of paper as a, a script, you'd say, this is a complete fantasy, right? It's not true, but it's sort of, it's sort of interesting. Well, if you apply that um, train of thought to a musical journey, I think that's what I'm getting in, in what you've just sort of asked me is that 
this this album, for instance, is part of a journey, and it goes up and down, round the mulberry bush, uh, through success, through almost losing the plot, and two funny old actors uh, happen to be in, in the play all all the way through every scene, which would be me and John, ostensibly, and then obviously uh, major elements where band members, of course, were hugely uh, contributing to our legacy as a band, all of us, anyone who's been in Fleetwood Mac. And I think there's been about 18 uh, people that have come through the ranks of this strange entity with very obvious moments that are hugely pronounced. And and the more pronounced, like the rumors line up, for instance, it's, it's obvious uh, that and the beginnings of the band, which happens to be uh, touched on in this piece, uh, anyone out there, uh, when I mention a man of the world, that's Peter Green. And Peter started this band with me and then John shortly afterwards with Jeremy Spencer, just the four of us. Those two pivot, pivotal moments were the beginnings of the band and and what people gravitate towards, understandably, as being a major, major poster of, of what represents Fleetwood Mac. What we're talking about now is the story in between. And there's a huge story. And without that in-between story, there would be no band. If Bob Welch disappeared and, and five, four or five albums, or certainly four albums made with Bob and Christine and Danny Cohen, uh, Jeremy Spencer at the beginning, uh, Kiln House, all these strange albums, Time being one of them, that uh, Dave Mason, of course, was, was in the band on that album mm -hmm. with Becca Bramlett, Billy Burnett who went on to do some great work with Fleetwood Mac. Uh, so this is an interesting segue in our, in our interview here, but it is part of, of explaining how you get back to something. And I was able to do that uh, with this track and have it be, have it resonate. And really I got some feedback. I thought this was something I was just going to do at home. <laughs> uh, and then I started playing it for people and I thought well I wonder whether anyone out there would even be interested in in having it re-released and I got great feedback from uh, Rhino uh, who, who's basically Warner Brothers our, our old uh, record label and from that point on it became sort of a different story where we, we decided to put visuals to it and and really finish it off and, and, and put it out and here we are on the phone talking about it uh, you know, you, you had been putting a spotlight on those really early Peter Green days, obviously, uh, after losing him and the uh, Celebrate the Music of Peter Green live show uh, with the um, with the early albums getting, you know, the re-release and, and then play on really getting a spotlight on it as well. This seems like a really pivotal moment for you all, too, because this th that record to me, it was the moment you all proved that you were more than maybe a blues band, just a blues band. I mean, it seemed like mm -hmm. a real turning point. H had you all been feeling restless at that point? No, I, th I think Peter was. Uh, and that's why I, I have such uh, deep regard for for his his journey when he was in Fleetwood Mac, which, you know, when I look back, it was so short, really. It was not even hardly two years or something of that nature. And so much work was done when you look at albums like when we we absolutely were dedicated. Peter was, we were all dedicated to playing our best that we could 
with our, our heroes, which were all inspired by American uh, blues, uh, almost entirely an early rock and roll and uh, skiffle and weird bands like The Ventures, and all sorts of the hodgepodge of, of which, by the way, w was very much the story almost entirely without being speaking for anyone. But when you talk to people like Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin, that all our heroes early Yardbirds, uh, the animals, all, we were all really telling the same, Rolling Stones, of course, all telling the story that a bunch of funny little English dudes were just absolutely enamored and, and hero-worshipping all the music, uh, mainly early rock and roll and, of course, really early blues uh, music came out of the United States. And we reworked it almost in the same way as me, answering you and say, well, what did you do? Or you reworked an old song. That's almost the same process as a lot of the, the real nuts and bolts of the beginnings of bands that then became, uh, took that real education or whatever you want to call it, inspiration, and then ran with it and reinterpreted it. And of course, uh, we all know those stories. An early Fleetwood Mac then play on is that album. It was sadly the last album that Peter made, but it was a huge indicator of where we were heading as a band. And it was a turn, a turning of events. Uh, and the turning of the events was, was Peter feeling uh, way more able, uh, whatever the word would be, comfortable, confident, or the necessity, one of, one of those uh, channels, to express himself more. And, and with huge ability, he did that with very lovely obvious uh, influences but he also had now a new secret ingredient and that was his own self-expression and that to me is what Fleetwood Mac has hopefully always been and why maybe we have survived is that anyone and everyone that's ever been in this band has been able to feel free to express themselves and not duplicate uh, and and be that we know those bands where you go well that's a great new member of the band, but really, I won't mention who they might be because it's all fine. We just didn't do that. Ours was almost a recipe for failure where <laughs> the stage was set and, and they opened, me and John were able to probably because for sure, not only our sensibilities as people, but also as musicians, a rhythm section needs a front line to express themselves. So we weren't, we just made that choice. I certainly, most certainly did when various wonderful musicians came into this band, they came in because of who they were and who they became as, as writers or singers or the tonality of the way they played. And that's our story. And it's sort of a quiet miracle that we survived. And it's also a huge, lovely testimony to our audience that stayed with us, more or less, through all those changes. Did it ever feel like now especially the way history has drawn the mark that that's two different bands well not not to me because but, and i someone from the outside uh, for instance would be in england uh, you you may make mark make comment about uh something i didn't uh i did fairly recently in london which was an overture uh, really a thank you to peter green who formed the band who sadly passed away about five or six weeks ago and we made this incredible a concert in London, mm -hmm. and and that was the original band. So if you take the original band and people in Europe, especially England, and then we sort of disappeared, and then we went to America and came back 
you know, some time later with a very different lineup, they they would go, oh my God, it's a different band. But for me and John and Christine to some large extent, uh, we just morphed our way without really realizing we were changing that much because we were just carrying on uh, undercover in in a different country. So I don't look at it like that, but I can totally get you put on uh, Blues Jam at Chess and then you put on Rumors or, or Tusk, you go, oh my God, it's a different band. But uh, thankfully, me and John, uh, having played on all of that, and of course, many of the other lovely musicians through many, many years of changes, it's really one big story uh, to me. What chapter to chapter to chapter. But if you, if you drop the book, if some, uh, a member of the audience, so to speak, walked out and went into the car park and forgot to go back into the concert, they wouldn't know what had happened in between. And then they come in for the encore and go, oh, what happened? So I look at it like that. But, uh, it's sort of twofold. Some people have that story where there's lots of continuity to a strange and, and, and very interesting story musically, most certainly, and certainly sociologically and emotionally uh, is a, a given <laughs> with Fleetwood Mac. Or you could say, I remember them uh, from the times that you're talking about, which would be back in, in the 68 through Peter Green's period, and then I stopped, and then suddenly I picked up rumors. That would be like picking up a different book, and I agree with that. It's an amazing career. It's an amazing catalog. I'm personally excited about where you all uh, are right now or where you've been, at least been in the past couple of years. Obviously, that that's the part I can speak to. Uh, I'm a Neil Finn nut. Uh, of course, Mike Campbell is one of the greatest Me too. musicians of all time, you know, and, and seeing them play with you guys. I mean, I, I, did, I talked to Mike earlier this year, you know, about Fleetwood Mac and then his new Dirty Knobs record. And you can still hear the excitement, you know, just beside himself that he gets to play these songs. And, you know... That I know it means as much to him as it does to me. I, I'm sitting in, in uh, actually my mother's armchair, believe it or not, like uh, like character in Psycho. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm looking at a Gretsch guitar that Mike and 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 one of his lovely guitar techs gave me on the road. And it's right in front of me. It's an orange acoustic, semi-acoustic electric with a, a wang bar. And it's right in front of me. And I don't play guitar very well, but uh, it's sitting here. So that's sort of ironic that uh, Mike is in the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ask really quickly here. I know we're in a new chapter here. Uh, as you were back in 95, you know, referencing time, is there still more to be written on the album side of Fleetwood Mac? Well, I hope so. Uh, I, I think I've had this conversation the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> When, when, when there have been moments when you think it's come to a, a, a halt and uh, by circumstance everything's come to a halt. It's, I, I keep remembering that song, that The Day the Music Died. With Don McLean. Yeah, Don McLean, yeah. So we're going through, uh, certainly in, in our business, and, and you're connected to that, uh, not to be exclusively everyone's had a lot of things stopped, but it is fair to say that that song says, did it come to a, a dead end and can we get it started again? So with, with Fleetwood Mac, I've always said that. Mm-hmm. And mercifully, if you look at the history, we've we've always managed to, to do something versus nothing, even with long breaks. So I'm always hopeful of that. And if, if that was not to come to pass, I am really, really, you're right. I think we started the, the interview by saying the somewhat reflective of looking back at things that are coming out uh, 
from the past, uh, but I think you always have to look to the future, and our history represents that. We've never really, ever completely given up, and I hope that still, that adage still uh, bears uh, credence in our conversation. Uh, Mick, uh, I'll go through the quick lineup here once again. Uh, These Strange Times is this really powerful new single that you've put out. Uh, you've got all the classic records from the Peter Green era being collected, and then the Celebrate the Music of Peter Green live show, which looks like which looked like it was just an amazingly special night to be a part of that. Um, it's a lot happening right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know we're all here to, to hear all of it. So thank you for that. No, and, and yeah, and, and likewise, it's uh, a lot of these things, and, and anyone listening, because we're having a fantastic uh, musical, life-touching conversation, but uh, not not a moment with, with all of us uh, in this conversation and anyone out there listening. We're all aware of, of what we're going through, and in in my, my story would be, you know, not self-indulgent one but a reflection of i wouldn't have probably done all all of this lovely creative stuff if i hadn't been sitting at home and i understand also that also that there are hundreds of thousands and millions of people who who are not able to just sit at home and i i want to just say that when all of our various feet are back on the ground there is something uh to look forward to and, and we have to have that that sensibility, and I hope the song just reminds us of, of that. And I, if, if nothing else, that would make me happy. Beautifully said and absolutely true. Mick, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for the conversation today. And uh, again, you know, 50, 60, whatever years worth of music on top of that. Thank you so much. More to come. <laughs> More to come. That's what I want to hear. Uh, okay, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you around. Okay. God All right. bless. Thanks Take very care. much. Bye-bye. Oh, my thanks, Mick Fleetwood. Again, that new solo cut is called These Strange Times. And uh, look out for those uh, that box set as well and the live album, Celebrating the Life of Peter Green. Thanks to you for checking out this episode. Again, hopefully you liked what you heard enough that if you're not already a subscriber, you will hit that subscribe button. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Podchaser, wherever you like to get your podcasts from, We'll bring you brand new interviews three a week, one Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, including uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all of those at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along there as well. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.